You're listening to Coaching for Leaders. This is episode number 38, airing on May 21st, 2012. Produced by Innovate Learning, maximizing human potential. Welcome to Coaching for Leaders. This is the show for leaders who want to improve themselves so they can better engage and develop others. Whether you're a seasoned leader or leading people for the first time, Improving your leadership skills will drive your success, and most importantly, the success of others. This week's topic, you don't have to be a professional speaker to build a good presentation. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Coaching for Leaders. My name is Dave Stahoviak, and I'm coming to you from our home office studio here in Orange County, California, where everyone in our family is sick. (laughs) So if you hear a little frog in my voice, that is why, but I'm not going to let that stop me from getting another episode out to you this week and continue our series on effective speaking and presenting. And if you are joining us for the first time Welcome. So glad to have you as a listener to the show. And we are in the midst of learning how to become more effective presenters and speakers as leaders. And last week, I did a little introduction to how we can be more effective in presenting our uh, tools and resources to others. And this week, we're going to jump in and look at how you don't have to be a professional speaker to build a good presentation. And in fact, uh, one of the things that is an obstacle for a lot of leaders is they feel like they really do need to just get up and give an amazing presentation that looks amazing visually and has beautifully designed PowerPoints and uh, and that they have perfect projection and great hand gestures and all of those things. And those are important, but they're not anywhere as important as the content of the presentation. And there Almost every leader can design a presentation or a speech to an audience that really does hit home and sends a message that gets people moving moving out of the room doing something differently. It was back in 1967 that Dr. Albert Morabian, who was a professor at UCLA, conducted a study that would become one of the often most often misquoted and misinterpreted studies on communication. And it's something that is often cited when people are teaching others how to present well and how to communicate well. And what many people claim that he said is that your body language, how much you use your body language and gestures and how you look is 55% of what you Uh, are communicating, that the tone of voice is 38%, and that the words, the actual things you say, are 7%. And you've probably heard this study at some point, perhaps, of, uh, you know, the general message of how you look is more important than what you say. And I'm embarrassed to say that I have cited this study earlier in my career as well and cited these same numbers when I was doing training and coaching, uh, I had heard the, the study many times from many other uh, more senior trainers and coaches in the industry. And I told people how you look is, you know, sometimes it is just as important, if not more important than what you say. And it turns out that that is really a myth. Uh, in fact, it's a misrepresentation of what this study showed. And I was doing some research for this episode and came across a wonderful article 
on Olivia Mitchell's website. She has a website called Speaking About Presenting. I'm going to put a link to that in the show notes. And she mentions and and did some extensive research on this study and uh, mentions that when Moravian was doing the study, he, he was studying speakers that were only using one word. And he was studying speakers also that the um, that the tone of their voice was inconsistent with the meaning of whatever that word was, and that the audience was then making a judgment about the feelings of the speaker. And that's where this finding of what you, how you look <laughs> is more important than what you say comes from. So what she says is that in the real world, this formula is almost never applicable. And the problem here is, is that Uh, Some people have really bought into this, and in fact, a lot of people have bought into this myth that how you look, um, your body language, your tone of voice, the inflection using your voice is far more important than what you say. And as a result, there are folks out there that don't spend enough time on the presentation content because they believe falsely that delivery is more important. And that's plain and simply just not true. If it was true, imagine uh, if I uh, got on a plane and flew to Paris this evening and strolled down the Champs-Élysées and uh, strolled into a cafe and uh, sat down and talked to folks who spoke uh, only French. And of course, I only speak English and sat down. And if I was and if this were true, uh, 93% if I sat down and watched them, 93% of the communication I could pick up just by watching their body language and their tone of voice. And that just isn't true. There's no way that I would get their uh, conversation and not anywhere to that extent because the words are key. And so today's episode is really focusing on how the words are really the most important part of your presentation. The content is really the key piece. Now, next week, we will talk about delivery because that is very important as well, but it's not anywhere as important as what's in the presentation. And so today, I'm going to walk you through some steps and some key pieces that really should be part of any time you get up and give a presentation in front of people, regardless of what you're trying to do and what you want them walking out of the room doing differently, that uh, if you follow these steps, we'll get you there as far as being able to communicate a message. And as you are listening today, Uh, If you have questions or comments about anything that I mentioned, or if there's more you'd like to know about how to not only put together a presentation, but also deliver a presentation for not only this episode, but our future episodes upcoming in this series, please feel free to reach out to me. You can reach me anytime at our listener hotline, which is at 949-38-LEARN. And you can also reach me via email at feedback at coachingforleaders.com. And the best way by far, though, is to just hop on our website. You can always leave a comment there on any of our show notes or articles. And our website is coachingforleaders.com. It was Leonardo da Vinci who said, simplicity is the ultimate sophistication. And I love that quote when thinking about putting together a presentation, because if you think about the one or two or three key things that you're trying to get across to your audience, putting together the presentation becomes a not certain, not necessarily easy exercise because putting together a good presentation does not necessarily come easy, 
but it should be something that's relatively simple. And this past week, I had written an article and placed it up on our website. And the article was titled, um, How One Key Question Gets Audience Results. And you've all heard me mention this question before on the show. And the question is, what do you want people walking out of the room doing differently? It's a great question to ask in the training process like we talked about last month. But it's also a wonderful question to ask yourself when you're planning the content of your presentation. What do you really want people walking out of the room doing differently? And as uh, after that article posted, a few people had jumped on our website and written comments. And one of the comments came from Jen Swanson. And she had uh, commented on the article and said, I would rather see a really plain PowerPoint and an authentic, passionate speaker that was engaging, regardless of how many ums and ahs they have. I've been completely bored with some of the fancy presentations because the speaker wasn't fired up about his or her topic. You know, fancy presentations are nice to see, and it's great if the speaker is passionate about what they're communicating, but really, the content comes first. I would much rather sit and watch a presenter who had a wonderfully planned presentation content and had maybe no PowerPoint slides or even mediocre, even poor presentation skills as far as being able to speak loudly and have good gestures, but that the content was rich and engaging. Then watch somebody who was perfectly polished and said, you know, kind of all the flashy and had all the nice flashy slides, but who really didn't have a strong message. So my challenge to you in this episode is going to be to take that question What do you want people walking out of the room doing differently and to build your presentation around that? And those of you who listened to last week's episode, number 37, will remember that I gave an example of preparing and designing a presentation for the University of Illinois at Urbana-Champaign back when I was uh, just had graduated from college. Uh, This was back, oh gosh, 99, 2000 or so. And I was working on building this presentation for 12,000 people that were going to see it over the course of a summer. It was my first big assignment of really planning and preparing a presentation from square one. And I remember as I was building this, there were so many different ways that I could go. And somebody at the time uh, coached me and mentored me. I don't even remember who it was, but to really look at it from this perspective of what do you want people walking out of the room doing differently. And ultimately, I came to the conclusion that there were two things that I wanted people to walk out of that presentation doing differently. And it was a presentation on the campus registration system. And I said, you know, if I could have them walk out, uh, having them when they sit down later at the computer to register that next day, that they would know exactly what they needed to do and that they would have the confidence that they could use the system well, that they know what they needed to do and had the confidence that they could use the system well. So I thought about that from that framework when I was putting together that presentation and I started asking myself questions. Okay, if I was a first-year student at this institution, what kind of classes would I be taking? And, And then I created the content of presentation around that. And then I started thinking, well, what errors would I likely get in the system? What types of roadblocks would I run into? What types of questions did I have when I went for, first went through the system? And then I talked to people who worked with people who were using the system for the first time. And I said, what kind of things did they run into? And by going through that process, I was able to 
design a presentation which was fairly successful at being able to address that because I focused on what I wanted people walking out of the room doing differently. And so I would challenge you to do the exact same thing when you are preparing a presentation as well. And I think that if you can do these five things in order to plan out your presentation, that that will help you to get there if you're able to answer those questions. And here's the five things that I think content-wise, regardless of what the answer to that question is of what you want people walking out of the room different doing differently, that if you can incorporate these five things as a piece of your content will help you to be able to grab the attention of the audience and get the message across in a very professional way. Now, the first of those things is really the very start of your presentation is it really does pay off to spend some time figuring out upfront, how do you want to start? How do you want to open up your presentation? And this is something that I really uh, would encourage you to spend some time thinking about. Um, you know, I always coach folks that you, you don't want to uh, script out a presentation and memorize a presentation. Nothing's worse than trying to watch someone, uh, you know, remember a presentation word for word or reading it from a script. Uh, that said, it is important to think of what exactly you're going to say in the opening. At first 30 seconds or even first 60 seconds, if you can know exactly how you're going to start, that will help engage the audience immediately. And those of you who've listened to this show know that I've done a, a bunch of teaching for the Dale Carnegie organization over the last, uh, gosh, seven or eight years. And one of the things that they teach is that um, in the first, uh, when you talk about starting a presentation, the audience is going to make a decision on you as a presenter and how much confidence they have in you and how much trust they have in you in about the first seven seconds of you speaking. So how you start is really key because those first seven seconds, you really want to get the audience's attention and you want to instill confidence in whatever it is that you're going to say. And it takes quite a while to change a poor impression back into a good impression, by the way, if you don't start well, and the research varies on this, but anywhere from 30 to 45 minutes to correct a bad impression. And many people don't present that long. So the first impression is really going to be the last impression, lasting impression for most of us when we get in front of the room. So it really is important to think of how we want to start. And there's a couple of ways that I would suggest starting any presentation from a content standpoint, and that is uh, to get the audience involved in some way, uh, to get them to stand up, to answer a question, to maybe start an exercise, something that gets the audience involved immediately in what you're presenting. The other wonderful way that I love to use to start a presentation is to tell a story. And the story that you tell should relate to the things that you are going to communicate in the presentation. I have worked with leaders before that had, and I've seen give presentations that they start off with a wonderful story or a joke or some humor, and it really engages the audience beautifully, but unfortunately doesn't really connect with what they're going to be talking about later in the presentation. And I've seen many people do that, and I know I've done that before too. So what I would encourage you to do is to find an opening, tell a story, get the audience involved in some way in those first few seconds in the presentation, but be sure that if you do that, that it, it then gets involved in the process of what it is that you're going to be speaking about. And when you do get to the part where you're getting past the opening and you're getting into your presentation content, 
you always are going to be more effective from a content standpoint if you can use good storytelling and good examples throughout your presentation. And some of the best advice I've ever received uh, as far as storytelling was to tell a story like there was a video camera that was watching it. And, and you know, storytelling is really a, uh, a it, it, it's something that is difficult to get very, very good at, but you can actually get good at the basics very, very quickly of just being able to do a couple of key things well. One of the things that I've learned uh, over the years is that a very uh, simple way to tell a story and, and a very powerful way to tell a story is just to tell a story like the audience was there watching it on a video camera. And like if there had been a video camera watching the story happen, you're just describing exactly what the audience would see if they were watching a recording later. And so you're explaining things like who was there? What did people say? What did the room look like? What did, uh, you know, what were the responses like in the room? What was the situation that happened? And that if you can do those things in telling a story that you really do connect well with the audience. So here's an example of a story that happened to me that uh, hopefully will connect with the content of this message and this, uh, this, this episode of this show. Um, it was back in 2004. I had just started working with the Dale Carnegie Organization. And, um, and you, you all, those of you who listen to the show, remember that uh, uh, Aaron Kent, who was on the show a couple weeks ago, uh, we were actually working together on a project. And it was my very first presentation that I was going to be giving as a uh, Dale Carnegie facilitator. And we were heading to a client that Aaron had been working with for, oh, I guess about a year, year and a half or so at the time. And they had uh, hired us to come in and to do a presentation for a whole bunch of their leadership team. And this was a large organization and would be a name that if I mentioned, I won't mention the name, but if, uh, if I mentioned the name, you all would know the name of this company. And so we, I remember we were in the car on the way there. We drove together and... Uh, and Aaron and I were talking about the presentation and I was, I was telling, I was telling Aaron that I was really comfortable and, and very confident with my delivery, you know, that I'd been in front of large audiences many times. And, you know, he had never really seen me present at that point, but I was telling him, you know, I've been in front of large audiences many times. And so we were, we started talking about the content of the presentation. Now, although I had been in front of audiences many times, I was still really new to learning the Dale Carnegie content. And part of the presentation, as we started to talk through it, um, uh, and Aaron was asking me some questions, you know, I was realizing that there were a couple of areas in my presentation from a content standpoint that I was still a little bit fuzzy on. And so we talked through a few things, and I kind of changed some things up as we were pulling in. I remember we were pulling into the parking lot. And I was still changing and tweaking some things through my presentation. And so we walk in and we walk into this huge room and this room seats about 85 or 90 people and go up to the front of the room and there's people coming in and everyone in the room is a manager or leader in some capacity. And in addition to people in the room, there were people on conference call from another state that were calling in to listen to our presentation that day. Um, and we weren't the only part of the presentation, but we were a significant part of it. So it may have been 80% or something like that. 
And I remember as as the um, client kicked off the meeting that day and started to introduce everybody, I remember feeling really, really nervous <laughs> because I was starting to get the feeling that my the content that I was presenting on that day, I just really didn't have down very well. And so eventually, of course, came the part where I got up to the front of the room and they introduced me and I started my presentation. And I think I probably got about 20% through and you know how you like when you're doing something, you're kind of getting the feeling that you don't you don't have something down 100%. Little beads of sweat started coming down my face, and I I was doing a, a, a an okay job, but I just didn't feel as comfortable as I could have been. And I remember that I was looking down at the table in front of me, and there were people kind of all just staring at me, and I wasn't really getting a lot of good eye contact from the audience and all the things you like to see as a presenter and speaker. And, uh, and you know, that, so I kept going and kept going and I, I think it was about 80, 85% of the way through the presentation, the client, uh, the, the, the main leader in the room who had hired us to come in, um, said something to me, uh, you know, it was an interactive part and he said, Hey, you know, could we get some feedback from the folks who were on the conference call too? And I realized I had been going through and facilitating the presentation and I had completely forgotten that there was a whole group of people on the uh, on the call virtually that were in another state. I hadn't been asking any questions to engage the people who were on the line virtually. And so I remember sitting down at the end of that presentation I was and, and kind of just being happy that it was done. And Aaron and I walked out of the building and uh, we were kind of talking about how things went. And, uh, and Aaron was very, very gracious, <laughs> very gracious. But I remember him saying something like, he's like, yeah, you know, I don't, I don't necessarily think you changing things up the last minute is probably the way to go. And I just remember walking out that day and thinking, wow, you know, there's a whole different way of presenting that isn't just about delivery. It's also about how well you know your content. And that day, I'm sure if you had pulled the people in the room of that client uh, and had and we had done surveys of how the presentation went that day, and in fact, they did do surveys, and I know the feedback was fine. Uh, people said, you know, it was a fine presentation. But I knew, and I knew Aaron knew, and I think probably the, you know, the, uh, the, the manager of our client knew that we could have done better. And so... That was a lesson for me that content is so much more important than just the delivery of how you do it. Now, as you listen to me tell that story, hopefully you heard some of the details. You heard where I was. You heard what I was doing. You heard what I was looking at, what I was feeling, what was in front of me, what people were saying in the room. And if you can tell a story like that, you're going to get the audience engaged because the story if you can just follow along and tell exactly like it happened, like if there was a video camera there watching it, you will get people involved. And why storytelling is so powerful is that everyone wants to hear how a story ends. You were probably wondering as I was going through and telling that story, you know, how is that story ultimately going to end? What ultimately happened? What was the feedback that we'd get from the client? And so storytelling is very powerful to engage. If you can tell stories, if you can use examples, especially that are built around the point of your presentation, you will be powerful. And hopefully that story is built around the point of this show, which is how to really develop strong content and the importance of doing that. But hey, it's not enough just to tell stories. 
you also have to do this third thing, which is to provide evidence. It's not enough that just you say it. Um, it's not enough that just I say something. Uh, you know, I remember a, a long time ago, I you would give presentations or give uh, topics or give speeches. And, you know, I would say something or I would come up with a, a bunch of different stories. And and it was it was good, but it wasn't nearly as powerful as it would have been if I had really tapped into using evidence, evidence from others. And you want to tap into when you give a presentation and when you're trying to motivate an audience to take some action, you want to tap into others who are experts in their fields who back up what you say and you can support it factually. So it's not enough just to give your opinion. Your opinion needs to be backed up by facts. Now, I know most of us learn the difference between a fact and an opinion back when we were in grade school, so I'm not going to belabor the point. But the difference is, of course, is a fact is something that everyone would agree on. We might disagree on the conclusion that the speaker draws from that fact, but we want to find facts that everybody could agree on. So you may have noticed already in this episode that I have cited some other sources when I'm trying to communicate my message. So I cited uh, Albert Morabian at UCLA. I cited Olivia Mitchell. I've cited Dale Carnegie. I've cited Jen Swanson. There's a few more coming later on here in the presentation of this episode. So you want to be able to use evidence and evidence that is from recognized experts outside of you and that makes and supports the conclusions that you're drawing. And then, of course, either at the end or near the end of the presentation, you want to have some sort of call to action. What do you actually want us to do? What do you want us to do differently based on what it is that you've presented? And it's it's certainly great to give a powerful presentation and to make wonderful points, but we want to make the connection very clear for the audience and have a clear call to action of what exactly you want us to do. And then fifth and finally, closing. Have a closing that's strong. Either close with a story, close with a quote, close with, you could even close with the call of action, call to action if you want to. But that is going to be very, very powerful. One thing that I would really avoid, though, is I've heard the advice many times over the years of um, kind of this three-step process of um, tell them what you're going to tell them, tell them, and then tell them what you told them. And although that does work as far as putting together a presentation template, it is for me as a listener and an audience member, and I've seen people do this, is uh, just not very engaging. If I hear in advance everything that's going to be said, and then I hear it, and then I hear just a summary of everything that was said, to me, that's not incredibly engaging. I want someone that really opens up and tells a story and cites good examples and gives great evidence and has a strong call to action at the end. I don't just want to hear a perfectly outlined, bullet-pointed presentation. And then the other thing that I would, of course, recommend for any presenter out there, any leader, is don't memorize your talk. And I mentioned this earlier in the episode, but I think it bears repeating again, is if you memorize what it is you're going to be presenting to the audience, or if you're just reading from a script or a PowerPoint slide of what you're presenting, the audience is going to wonder, wow, why didn't they just send this out on PowerPoint slides or on email or something like that? But it's just not fun to watch someone memorize something or read something that's scripted. 
And, you know, I've one of the things that I really try to do, and hopefully you've noticed if you've been listening to the show, is really, you know, I have my bullet points in front of me when I um, when I get on and, uh, and air one of these episodes, but I certainly haven't scripted out exactly what I'm going to say, because if I did, it would be boring to listen to. And I had uh, just in this last week, I actually was on iTunes and I was looking at other podcasts. I love listening to podcasts. And I think it's just one of the great ways to learn and to develop yourself out there. So I was looking at other coaching and leadership podcasts and I pulled down a another podcast that was a similar um, topic as to ours and was starting to listen. And about about 30 seconds into the podcast that was 10 or 15 minutes long, it became very apparent that the person who was on the was the host of the show was just reading a script of prepared uh, a prepared text and reading it word for word. And it really sounded awkward. It wasn't very engaging. And I just, you know, I stopped right away and I deleted the episode and I didn't listen anymore because I really wanted to hear someone that was really engaging with me. So don't memorize your talk. Have more available than you can use and be willing to jump off topic and give examples and to speak extemporaneously because if you do, you're going to be that much more engaging to your audience. Now, uh, one of the things that I mentioned last week that I'm going to try to start doing on episodes here is to point you to some other resources that are also helpful in uh, helping you with the tools and resources we talk about on this show. And one resource that I would recommend uh, based on today's episode is a book by Gar Reynolds, called Presentation Zen. And I'd recommend that you pick up the second edition that just came out. Uh, Gar Reynolds is probably one of the best known folks out there right now as far as designing and putting together very professional presentations. So if you are going to be giving presentations in any quantity, in any time in the near future, I would really recommend picking up this book. It's a great overview of really uh, almost everything you need to know to give an effective presentation. We're going to put a link to the book on our website. So check it out there. And if you're looking for more, Gar Reynolds is a great place to start. And I'm going to be recommending more books as we go along here in future episodes that will be helpful to you. So let's jump into some community news and feedback. And just a reminder, you can give feedback to anything that I've mentioned here today. And by the way, it doesn't just have to be on the topic of this episode or even this series. If you have a question or comment, in relation to anything around leading, engaging others, developing others, and wanting to improve yourself as a leader, that is always fair game. We will uh, take uh, questions and comments, uh, anything in that category. You can, the best way, of course, is to hop on our website and on coachingforleaders.com. You can always ask questions or submit comments on any of our shows and articles. That's a great way to get in there. And then, of course, our hotline for listeners is 949 949- 38learn. You can leave us a question anytime. And email again is feedback at coachingforleaders.com. I wanted to say a thank you this week to Jen, PJ, Sam, and Brian for their comments on our article this week that we posted online on what do you want people uh, walking out of the room doing differently? And that was the article titled How One Key Question Gets Audience Results. So if you want even more information on that, be sure to hop onto the website and check that out. And by the way, next week, um, episode number 39, I'm going to be focusing on presentation delivery. And, um, And I mentioned in this episode here that the content is the most important thing, 
But presentation delivery is important as well, too. Uh, so it's not just about the content. It is also how you present it. And, you know, as far as delivery goes, there's only so much that I can do over audio. Um, you know, presentation is also how you look and how you look visually. So what I've decided to do is in addition to the audio episode next week, I have started a video series on this. And actually, the first video is already up with an overview on the five fundamentals you need to know in order to deliver a presentation effectively. So if you go to our website, uh, coachingforleaders.com, and click on the button on top that says watch, you will find that first video. And depending on when you get up there, you may find the second, third, fourth, fifth, and there will actually be six videos total on presentation delivery. They're each about three, four minutes, so they're real quick. So be sure to have a look up there if presentation delivery is something that is important to you. And uh, also just one final quick note, I am uh, just starting some work on getting our newsletter, our email newsletter up and running. That's actually going to launch here within the next month with a lot more tools and resources. So I will have an announcement up about that soon, hopefully within the next week. So for those of you who are uh, always looking for new tools and resources from us, watch for that and you will have even more ways to keep your professional skills sharp so you can engage and develop others more effectively. Hey, if this show has been helpful to you, uh, one of the things that I'd really encourage you to do is to let someone else know about this show. Uh, think of the people you know in your professional life and maybe even in your personal life that are leaders in any capacity and want to improve themselves so they can better engage and develop others. If you would be so kind to uh, let them know about this show, I know I'd appreciate it so much. And let me know if you do, so that way I can best serve you in future episodes as well. Hey, the link for the show notes for this episode, which is number 38, is up on our website at coachingforleaders.com. This show airs every Monday morning. And hey, wherever you are in the world, whatever's on your agenda today, take one idea from this show to engage and develop someone you lead. Have a great week, everyone, and see you next week for presentation delivery.